Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around. My name is Jacob Rodriguez. That's Andrew Zimmel. This is not Arby's. We have the news. <laughs> they have the beef. Um, Zimmel, I'm kind of happy, kind of sad, kind of glad, kind of mad, just because of the kind of series of events that we've been through thus far. Jesus, a rainbow of emotions. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, left, literally, bro. like what the guy says in the intro, that's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> like, the looking highs forward to our show, but the highs and lows of being a Texas State fan, for sure, okay. are evident. I don't know. So... Okay, there, you, I know where you're kind of going with this. Um, I want you to rank them from worst to best here. So, like, the top is the worst, the bottom is the best. We're going to progressively get better. I'll say, too, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but we just kind of, we know what it is right now. You know, it's kind of a, the springtime blues, as it were. All right, I'll go first, then. Yeah, so, go ahead. losing to UTSA is number one. That's number like, one? The, the women losing was tough by the amount that they lost by was even worse. That to me is number two because losing in the Sunbelt championship, coach Z told us, Hey, regular season matters. Regular season matters. <laughs> okay. It matters. So we got our banner. So them losing, you know, it sucks losing by the amount they did sucks losing to UTSA and anything. It could be a spelling bee is always going to be worse to me. It's always going to be worse. They could, we could lose, in a amateur mud wrestling competition in UTSA, a club team could lose. And I'm going to be like, damn it, boys. Come on. What are we doing? You know what I mean? So, and to, to and you saw the tweet and it, it got me very riled up and I was already having a rough night and I saw it and it was like slam San Antonio. I wanted to put, I, I wanted to paint my room like Kurt Cobain. We'll put it that way. I was so <laughs> upset. I was so upset. Now I usually, I, I'm a I'm a different guy. I've tamed a little bit. I think we both agree, Jacob, on Twitter. I'm doing mm-hmm. a better job of like keeping my emotions to myself. There's a couple of text threads I'm on where it's like I would tweet this, but seeing that tweet triggered me so so much, and I don't know why. It was just a visceral reaction. That to me is the cap of Mount Crappy, and then losing in the championship is number two. So shout out to the women. They got to that point. They lost. And that to me is number two. Do you feel the same way? I do. I, I think I would put the women's team at one, though, just because we had so many expectations. And I felt we had done such a great job of covering the team up to that point, like getting them ready for the championship. Yeah, talking to Coach Z before. So to me, it was kind of like, oh, all the things are aligning. And then it's just kind of out of our hands, you know, like at the end of the day. I feel like Troy was a good team. UTSA is not a good baseball team. And I think that like bothers me too. Is that like we should be better than them in baseball? Like, I don't know. I don't know what that was the tweet that bothered me actually too. I because you know, Texas State tweeted out their score. They stopped tweeting it about the fifth inning. If you want to go back and look at the thing, but they always do the wrap up graphic, you know, final score 11 2, on to the next one, whatever. Uh, Under that, (laughs) there's a lot of UTSA people if you want to go pick a fight. Uh, at a bar in San Antonio or online right here. 
But um, yeah, they, one of them was like, I thought y'all were a baseball school. What happened to that? And all these other tweets that really hurt my feelings to scroll through this morning. I'll say the Slam Antonio thing did not hurt my feelings as much because I work in San Antonio and you know who else uses that moniker? UIW. Oh. Yeah. Another really good baseball team. I co-opted from UIW, huh? Yeah. I like UIW. I like UIW when they're not beating us. Uh, put it that way. I like they're UIW like when enemy we, we can afford to friend. pay their coaches more and then bring them to Texas State. Barely. Barely. Let's be, let's be honest here. It was like, you know, hey, the price of the value menu went up. We got a good coach. It's like, okay, cool. I mean, so, all right. Let's talk women's basketball then. Let's talk women's basketball. That's think, where the pain starts. If you think that's where the pain starts, let's talk women's basketball here. Um, that was a tough game from beginning to end. When did you check out? Let's start there. I posted four videos that day. Um, the first two were kind of a wrap up of the men's basketball team. Just, you know, team talking about the future, Drew Jinnan and coach, uh, you know, talking about stuff. Being like, hey, this hurts, but we're going to be back, you know. And kind of a surprise out of nowhere run that the Bobcats had, I think. Both you and I were surprised how deep they were. First team in the Sun Belt to ever be a 10 seed or higher to make it to the semifinals. So great job. Boys. Which is which is very cool. Very cool. I, you know, I remember very I remember a lot of years where we were top two seed, didn't get to the semifinals. And then so, because of my work schedule, you know this, but maybe people at home don't know this. I go in at eleven thirty PM Sunday to Thursday, and I would stay there until seven thirty. So I cut two videos, I did a couple other things. Went on a run, came back. It was like 1130 noon. And I was like, I'm just going to go to sleep for like an hour. I'll wake up. We'll be fine. <laughs> wake up. It's three in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, God, I got to check the score. Check the score. We are down by 30. Six minutes to go in the fourth. Not great. No, not not ideal at all. And look, you know, talking to Coach Z. I think that you can, and I, I give this to anybody who covers college athletics or who is a fan of Texas State, right? Like, if you talk to a coach, they're never going to give you, like, the real story. That's why you come to this podcast, because we're going to, you're going to cut through some of the BS for you. Talking to Coach G, I think she could convince me that the sky is yellow. Like, she she's very convincing. To get that far is a testament to the good coaching and to the senior leadership. But in a game like that, it doesn't really come down to coaching or leadership. It comes down to players on the court. And Texas State just did not have the dogs in the kennel to get that sleigh ride. You know what I mean? Like They just, did, they just didn't have it. And um, it's disappointing, to say the least. I checked out when it was like like near halftime, I think. I was like, all right, well, this is fun. This is, uh, this is it. You know what I mean? Like moving on, moving on to the next thing. I did see, and this is the last, we'll put the bow on it. Pensacola, people aren't happy with it. Uh, too far away from Texas State. Start the discourse. Bring it back to New Orleans. Let's get it back. Smoothie King Arena. Let's do it. All-Star Weekend. Why don't we Why don't we move everything up? I think there's not going to be a perfect place for the Sun Belt. But <laughs> I want to go on this diatribe before I go down the women's uh, uh, basketball rabbit hole, too. But I think it's kind of hard to place a, a single city in one deal, you know? I don't know. That's tough. Not, well, not Pensacola. <laughs> but I think what, what the Sun Belt's also trying to do too is like get a place that nobody else is doing and kind of like own that area, you know? So they pick Pensacola. 
whatever. That'd be like, hey, uh, we're going to Orlando. Oh, Disney World? No, Orlando. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Orlando, that's where we're having it. All right. Going to Anaheim. Going to Anaheim? <laughs> exactly. Shop, you know, it's fine. I I just I'm putting it out there. We're starting the discourse. I'm not I'm not off this hill yet. People were not happy with how far it was for uh, some of the Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas State fans having to go that far. I'll say too, um, the women's basketball JMU team shot twelve from sixteen from three. <laughs> what are you doing? A team does that when they're Steph Curry or Clay Thompson on two K? Like uh, it's ridiculous so, to try to guard them. And you know, I think that if you gave, I think if you gave those players like true serum, they probably thought they were going to win the game, which is a testament to good coaching and good leadership. You go into every game thinking you're going to win. Um, you play that game ten times. I think Texas State might win one, one or two. Like. That's just that just kind of how the ball bounces. But WNIT, you know what I mean? So like shout out, shout out to that. I think you can't go there. into any half uh down 30. I think that's probably not good. I'm not a coach or anything, but I don't think that's good. No, that is not good. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's kind of the the point of all this is that, you know, during the post game that I posted on Twitter, if you're not following us on Twitter, I found a bunch of good nuggets. We find the news. <laughs> and we post it on there so follow us on twitter i'll sure i'll have all of our deal scrolling during this time but I had a bunch of good sound bites um but mostly just looking forward to the postseason possibility that they have you know it's make- uh it's this is a, a tough one because i didn't feel like we played our best uh james madison for sure showed up and they played their best uh, obviously, with with um, you know double zero coming in, Peyton, we talked a lot about the fact that she was well as much as you can right with a quick turnaround. That she was sixth woman of the year, and she really showed that today. Uh, she shot phenomenally, and we just did not we weren't able to stop the bleeding. In addition to that, I really felt like we could have done a better job rebounding wise. It was something we needed to do, and that didn't happen either. We struggled defensively today, and and um, you know. One of the things I need to do as we move forward, preparing here for the postseason, is is making sure that we're prepared. I didn't feel like we had a good start, um, and then from there, we were, I felt like we were constantly playing catch up. I asked them what they felt. Um, I agreed with them as well that you know I felt like we could have started better. That was a big piece of what we needed to do, and that we have to figure out ways to rally when we hit heavy adversity. But at the same time, it doesn't negate any of the positivity that we've had up to this point. We've had a lot of wins up to this point, right? They've earned that. They've earned a regular season championship as a group. We have all conference players. We're having the opportunity to play in the postseason. All these things are great, and no one can take that away. No one can take that away. Mm-hmm. One of the, the things that we've always enjoyed about this particular team is they bounce back. Like it's, it's, There's always been a bounce back with this team. After every loss, boom, turn around, they bounce back, and um, they respond. And so I'm excited about that part of it. Well, you don't find out until after the NCAA Right. So they have selection. We're back on selection Sunday in women's basketball. Then after that, the WNIT will see who's available and then they'll seat everybody from there. Um, there's other tournaments as well in, in, in women's basketball. So we're just going to. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no, not a couple of weeks. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. A week from yesterday. So now it's a quick turnaround. I'm very proud of us this season. We got a regular season championship and now we have an opportunity to continue to play even after this tournament. So yeah, we didn't accomplish the goal of winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, but at the end of the day, I'm still very proud of us. Uh, we've grinded, we've worked hard, and we're gonna continue to work hard. They can make any tournament that they want. Obviously they want the big one, the WNIT. Except the NCAA. You're yeah, like, you can make go. any of them. Except, except the one that, that one, the main one. Would, would hang a banner. Yeah. Um, WNIT though isn't, isn't bad. They've, they've gone far in the WNIT a couple times now. Would you take a WNIT championship win? Oh, hell yeah. 
I'd be crazy, right? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Hell yeah. But you know, the thing is, is that like you win a WNIT, then this the that is the bar for next year. Like you win the championship in the WNIT, then the bar is to get to the NCAA tournament the next year. So if you do that, you got to know like, hey, these are the expectations. You can't can't have a 15 win season and a loss in the you know quarterfinal round. You know, you gotta you gotta actually like compete and win games next year. I don't know. Um, we talked a little bit before the podcast about I, I did a story and it's not even a story. It's like a one of those lame Bleacher Report ranking deals um, talking about the all time women's basketball team for Texas State. And at the time I wrote that, I think Kennedy Taylor might have been a freshman, freshman or sophomore. Yeah, now she's played like 100 years. So I think that she's on that team. As her career is done, do you think that she's on the all-time women's basketball team for Texas State? Without a doubt, yeah. Really? I think, I think her and, and Tasha Levitt bumped two people out of your list. I, I think there's, there's argument, too, for Denasia Hood, to be honest. that See, and this is where we, we're going to – get into a little bit of trouble that's three guards so oh, three okay. well two guards and a forward yeah and it's like it's hard there's a bunch of really good players through texas state history uh we'll make sure we get a link to that story but it's like i don't know i think taylor's an incredible player but i would like to for i'd like to anybody who says that she's on the all-time team i agree she probably is but like who you take off you know what i mean because you can't have a bench of 40 players you know it's not every it can't be every single player so like who gets kicked off and the same thing for mason harrell as his career ends so a lot of people asking like where does he rank all time you know it's tough it's a tough deal i don't think defensively he was very good like he was good for his size but he wasn't very good um i don't think he makes the all-time texas state men's basketball team and that sucks like you know because their season their careers just end but like I just want to kind of get that on the record that when we talk about these guys, like, yeah, let's appreciate them for what they are, but let's not get crazy on Twitter and, or on podcasts or anything else and be like, Hey, this is like, this guy is a top 15 player ever in the university. It's like, well, hold on, let's pump the brakes. I think, I think it's kind of impossible to like, if you're, if you're not us specifically to kind of look at a team, like for what they are, because we, we kind of looking at it with the lens of perspective. It's like, we saw all the teams that we were covering and, you know, you covered a bunch of the women's basketball teams. So, And then you talked to Coach Z about a bunch of even more women's basketball teams before she got there, when Coach Fox's era was up there. Um, so it's hard to, like, escape that, I feel, too, to be like, well, I know that there's other good people. What do you mean? I saw them with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Taylor Deer is one that comes to mind, like, immediately. Like, oh, that's yeah, one where – Yeah, that's one where it was, like, when she was in school, it was like, uh-oh, this player is – insane like this is great and if you and, asked any of you know kennedy or all those girls or ladies women. they would tell you that taylor Dayer is one of the people that they inspired them to come to texas state yeah yeah i like you know good shout out to us international women's day hidden all the women's basketball stories good for us man good good nugget from zimmel but yeah i saw a bunch of people kind of freaking out with uh, mason like you were saying you know like kind of like we got to do something for mason we got we can't let him go out like this like like people were talking about retiring his jersey. Do you know how many people have their jersey retired at Texas State? It's we five. went through this. And it was it's surprising how well not surprising how few the names that were retired were surprising. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll run you through that list right now. Right, we all know Paul Goldschmidt. He's amazing, still playing. Shout out Goldie. Yeah, he deserves everything. He's the first baseball player ever to have his jersey retired. Obviously, missing on this MVP. list is Charles Austin. 
Charles Austin never wore a jersey. He doesn't have a number. If I was Texas State, I would retire number one and give it to Charles Austin. I and, would. Uh, that's fine. There's three men's basketball players. Everybody knows the first one, Jeff Foster. He wasn't the very first one ever, though. That honor goes to Vernon McDonald, who was... Uh, hang on, let me go to his bio so I don't mess it up. But he was a assistant football coach, the basketball coach, and then he was the or he was an assistant basketball coach, and then the head basketball coach later on. Um, so yeah, and he also has like an endowed scholarship in his name and all this stuff. He's Good. in the Hall of Honor, I think. But it should be mentioned Southwest Texas State, right? Southwest Texas State Teachers College. I don't think any Texas State Bobcats have had their numbers retired. Is that right? Yeah, no. So that that's also kind of what I'm hinting at too. Is that if we're talking about retiring Mason's jersey, like our all-time scoring leader, Nigel Pearson, isn't on this list. I mean, we're talking about a huge standard that Texas State is putting on retirement of jersey. I'm not advocating even to lower that, to be honest, because the people that we have on there, it's like, duh. Like, what do you mean? Like, Yeah, outside of Jeff Foster, I look at it and I'm like, this is insane. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, these guys yeah. are great. And the next guy on the basketball team, Louis Gilcrease, he... Uh, was the first Bobcat to be drafted in the NBA. Did you know that? Yeah, I I, I did know that. I didn't know that because it's a short list for Bobcats. Yeah, that's that got true. Um, <laughs> I think it was, was it to the Lakers? Uh, Celtics. Wanted... Celtics, that's what it was. I knew it was one of the legacy franchises. Yeah, um, I mean, they yeah. were playing. No, I mean. Have you seen the footage of men playing in, you know, the... it was exactly like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So Texas state athletes don't have their numbers retired. So no football players, huh? Nope. And you know what? I think we're better off for it. (laughs) You know who we could have is the running back on the Southwest team who played for the Redskins before they changed their name. Um, I think. Brian London would have been oh, my Bilo pick. too. Yeah, that's yeah, Bilo would have been my pick. But that's like that. That's kind of what I'm saying too. Is that we talked about the BJ J era, GJ era, and the there's a whole litany of players that could be added to this because Texas State doesn't retire jerseys. I mean, Ricky any Sanders. era you can Ricky make a Sanders. case for yeah, ten guys to be retired for yeah. A so and it, it, you know, it. I think that Texas State athletics needs to have like a big like an elite eight i think would get you an automatic jersey retirement right a sweet 16 would get you in a like probably like a jersey retirement you need to win something that's like nationally and like really put your put your school on the map that's why i think paul goldschmidt has his number retired because if you go through his baseball stats they're good like i mean they're let's be honest they're great they're great numbers for texas state but winning a national league mvp that is really the thing that, like, okay. Well, he got his re- jersey retired way before that, too. Well, and I understand that, but like, but also now, he had like an amazing season, you know, as a yeah. rookie, and then you know he just lit the scoreboard up everywhere. So, yeah, I just I think that it's like you got to put your school on the map. So, and I think that all these guys are really good. They're in the hall of really good, Mason Harrell included. Hall of really good, um, but I don't. I wouldn't retire their number, especially Nigel. You're right. With like, you know, if we're gonna retire any number, it's 22. And I don't think they're gonna retire his number. So which is a shame. I accidentally scrolled down and I didn't realize we retire or we got a mascot championship. That's crazy. Anyway, 
the last uh, person on this list is Linda Mulker. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I hope it's not. But she was also in your um, wrap up too for International Women's Day. I think she was like the number one. She was like three time outstanding player of the year. She's a bunch of accolades. I'm telling you, like if you go to any team, just click on all the rosters. There's a bunch of talent. <laughs> Texas State doesn't win a lot of games, but they have a bunch of talent. And sometimes they go on to do stuff. Is it very often? No. There's a uh, a word for that, or there's a phrase for that. It's a uh, bad team, good stats. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of bad team, good stats players uh, in Texas State history. So, is there? A future in which Texas State kind of dips down and goes, oh, we should start retiring this guy's jersey. This no. guy's guy jersey. I don't think so. I don't think they should. I, I don't think that'll ever happen because if they were, it would have happened already. Like, yeah, we've it, had it, a it, down it, years enough already. Yeah, so yeah, if, if we if, were if, already like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. If, if they were going to start retiring numbers left and right, it would have happened a couple, probably like, Four years ago, they would have been like, graduated. Yeah, that makes sense. Pull the trigger. Let's start getting these numbers retired because that's a way to get people into the stadium. You know, you do the jersey retirements, you do all those like deals to bring people in. Think how long it took him to put the court name to have Jeff Foster Court. He retweeted in what 99, so 24 years ago. Like, and it took him 24 years to be like, you know what? Let's throw his name on the court. I guarantee you, we're going to have like, Karen Chisholm Day, when we finally do something like really special for her, like when we get a statue or something for for our greatest coach ever. And I'm hoping that she's around for it. But there's a real good chance there's a hologram. There's a real good chance that like it's going to be in 2040, 2050, that we're like, you know what? We should do something special for her. So it, it takes a while. And for the player side, the way that Texas State kind of uh, honors people by not retiring their jersey because... If everybody had their jersey retired, they would have no jerseys to wear on the, yeah. on the court. Um, is the Hall of Honor, and the Hall of Honor is a very prestigious event at Texas State. The T Association is very involved. Where is it? Um, Where is it? I don't know if there's a physical Hall of Honor. Okay, I don't think That's... there is. I think it's more of a metaphorical. Thing. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. Uh huh. It's a real special, real special event, real cool place. Doesn't exist. It's kind of like the Justice League. Justice Please League, you're on the Justice League roster. Huh? I know a few. I know a few Hall of Honor people, so maybe I'll ask around. Be like, "Hey, yeah, is there around. a place I'm missing on campus? Is there a portal that I just never went into?" Maybe it's like in the end zone. Maybe end zone complex. Maybe, maybe they, they throw some complex. photos up there. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Or anywhere in the stadium. Honestly, they don't use that place for much. They should do something. <laughs> they don't use the stadium for much. Well, in the breezeway, imagine that would be kind of sick. You know, going through all that. Give me Boko carrying a flag and the champ the, the mascot championship year on it. <laughs> That's kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah. Call it the Hall of Honor. What do we like the Pat Tillman like statue, but with Boko? Pat Tillman, but with Boko. I like it. I like it. So yeah, that's kind of our re- retired jersey diatribe. I also want to say, Zimmel, we were talking about how good the officiating was during the women's basketball tournament last week. Uh, not just the women's basketball tournament, but obviously we were talking about the men's basketball tournament and how we thought that it was good that the men's team was kind of getting some shots. The other team was getting some shots. It was Georgia State at the time. Um, but, you know, the refs weren't calling everything, which is great. It worked out in the moment. Troy kind of really got screwed. And I normally don't advocate for any other teams, but it's a separate issue when the entire league comes out and says what this officiating crew is bad. I'll say, too, when I was the editor-in-chief of the University Star, uh, 
President Trouth at the time invited me, invited the student government body president, uh, Corey Benbow at the time, the KTSW news director, uh, the head cheerleading um, captain, the head strutter, uh, all these head people. I think I think a lot of it was a different you bunch of different about organizations. They brought everybody in. They brought everybody like, in, and they were you, like the one thing. You, now we got security. They were like the one thing you cannot do as a student organization, uh, as part of you know like the designated free speech areas and stuff like that is basically talk bad about the referees and stuff because that's a bad that's a big no no from the the Sunbelt Conference and not just the Sunbelt that Conference the basically any conference about this. yeah you can't trash like. The University Star uh, or any other public forum can't really trash what's going on, you know? This is news to me. I've never heard this before. It's pretty much loosely said, like, basically don't do this. That is... I don't know if there's any punishment. I mean, I think we talked about it. We had a podcast at the time. We definitely were like, this is kind of bullshit that we didn't get that call. But I... I've never really complained about refereeing because I think that that is such like a baby. Loser I do think that's a lame you. call. Yeah, but I didn't know that there was actually like a conversation about like, hey, <laughs> layoffs. Just yeah, no, that. I think I think it was I mean, more good of like no, but damn, that's wild. I think it was more of like a Jacob print. The refs suck ass. In you know, hey, we know who we know who you got over there as a sports writer, and we know that he's kind of a loose cannon. Don't let him publicly publish the the home addresses of these referees. You know, I also think it's just kind of a thing that the league tells the student or the president, trying to say? yeah, student body to do basically. And it's up to them to, to say, like, yes, I checked off this box at the beginning of the season. We're good. So if, if it wasn't, it would be my on me. You know, like I knew the rule. It's a double edged sword. Officiating. There's fewer officials today than there were 20 years ago. There are substantially fewer good officials than there were 20 years ago. There are so many ass backwards officials. Now, Sunbelt in the last couple of years has done a pretty good job of officiating. I think one of, they got great as one of the worst officiating conferences. Um, the Troy game is interesting because, like you said, everybody kind of said, like, this sucks. Now, Troy is not like anybody. I don't think there's a lot of teams that hate Troy. I think Southern Miss and South Alabama are like the two rivals. And I didn't see a ton of their fan bases being like, hey, defend the Trojans. Troy has kicked our ass in a lot of different sports recently. I'm going to defend him. And I like a couple of the Trojans uh, guys that I got friends over there, you know, they got screwed. Um, but very famously, the saying goes better you than me and better them than us to get screwed over by the referees. Yeah. That's kind of my the thing too, is that like, Oh, I would hate it if it was us. Like we would never stop talking about it. We would have a whole weekly segment. We would come back and be like, remember how they fucked us over and we we're supposed to be doing something else instead of this. But since it didn't happen to us, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> but, but also it's just kind of like super shitty. And those that officiating crew didn't get any other assignments in that whole thing. So what is that? Like four, four referees. You wonder why. Yeah. They just got that. You think that. Uh, all right. <clears throat> let's put on our tinfoil hats, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Conspiracy theory time. You're in Pensacola. You're in Pensacola. You do one game, you mess up so badly that you don't get any more assignments. You get to spend the rest of the time on the beach. Conversation. Let's have it. Well, Would I you think do- if, if you're a Sunbelt rep, that's not your full-time gig. <laughs> I know. So you're just on vacation at that point. Yeah. Like you already called off the days to work yeah. your side job. Exactly. Ah, uh, Let's have it. 
conversation. Would you do it? I would. <laughs> just blow a game. Yeah. Because again, you're saying it's your side job. You know, maybe I maybe they get paid per game. I don't think so. I think they, they definitely get paid, get paid per game. You because, paid yeah. per game. Yeah, because in football, if there's a lightning delay enough, that's why they would post like you know, that's why there's a difference between a cancellation and a postponement. Because that same crew is still going to be there that next day for or whenever mm. they play, you know? Like they only get played if like there's a result. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe. I side job quit your quit ubering so that you can uh, hang out on the beach quit roughing so you can hang out on the beach i don't know conversation starter just having conversations over here just having conversations over here but yeah that sucked and the troy coach had a great response to it i want to play that out yeah well i'm sure thank you for asking i'm sure everybody will will see it if you haven't already but um, there was a reason one person was open. It's because there was one person throwing the ball in and then five more on the floor. So that's six. And so we covered everybody perfectly that we could, but there was one person wide open because there was an extra person out there. And, um, you know, strange things happen in basketball and, and with officiating and this and that. Believe me, I know. Look, look back at our last NCAA tournament. I mean, things happen. But I don't agree with the fact that it wasn't correctable. I don't agree with that because, you know, they were able to stop the game many times for reviewable things. And this was pretty big at the end. And maybe back in the day before we had technology, maybe that, that could hold true that once the referees leave the floor, nothing can be done about it. But, but with reviewable, with every, everything's going to see, everybody's going to see that. Everybody's going to see what happened. And I don't want the official to be shown in a bad light either. I wanted them, I wanted them to have a chance to correct it. Just like I wanted my team to have a chance to, that would have been a technical. We were down by one. We would have gotten two free throws with an 82% free throw shooter, and we would have gotten the ball back. But now it's over. I don't think anybody wants that. I don't think the referees are going to look back on that and want that to happen. Nobody won right there. I'm not going to say nobody won right there, but I don't want it to look bad on this tournament, you know, but, but I do want to fight for my girls. I do want everybody to know what happened. We made a great one of the greatest comebacks at this tournament ever, probably. Did it fair and square, did it with all heart. And then that's what it came down to. It's very hard for me to explain that and go in and explain that to them. I want them to leave with a great impression of this tournament of, of, of being a Troy Trojan. And it's hard to find the words when that happened. 4.7 seconds were on the clock, 4.7. So 4.7 seconds, we covered everybody. The extra person got the ball, went and scored, and and the ball game, you know, basically. Any other questions? Thanks, Coach. Thank you. And I want to thank y'all from Sunbelt. It's a great tournament. Uh, you know, nobody wanted that to end out there like that. I appreciate my administration for trying to their best to get to the bottom of it. I appreciate everybody here. I hope you guys continue to have a great tournament. Thank you. Yeah, that sucks. But, hey, you know. On to the next one. <laughs> on to the WNIT, as Coach Z would say. I did we put let me ask you, because I haven't seen any of the postgame stuff. Was there was there a on to the NIT moment where it was like, all right. Because I you know, you know, I don't think Colton went out there for that. So there wasn't any animosity. There he didn't there wasn't it somebody that was like, you know, badgering. He zoomed in actually after uh, the Appalachian State game. 
Did he really? Because yeah, I got one uh, here from Zoom from uh, Colton McWilliams. Um, Coach, what does it say about this team? You know, you mentioned it earlier. Beating a team three times is hard. What does it say about this team that they were able to come out the way that they did tonight and to advance your team to the championship for the first time since 2018? I think what's important for them to understand is that they have the ability and that ability started within with each individual woman and then her trusting her teammates, trusting the coaching staff, and then moving um, you know, moving forward with that game plan, whatever that game plan might be called. Because I was I was pulling all of these off of YouTube, you know, because they're just press conferences and I just upload them to YouTube like after the game. Sometimes there was a really big discrepancy in like how late they were uploading some of these. Whatever intern or whoever they had uploading these until get popcorn or something in between games and then it was like oh shit i'm three games behind now and so um some of the games came down like a lot later a lot later. you can tell on my twitter it's like this game happened a day ago jacob what the fuck that's like as soon as i could get the video basically down because i wasn't on the zoom call um but yeah colton zoomed in and he asked a question it wasn't like a like hey can i ask a question it was like a you have to type it out kind of deal mm. and then colton was just recording on his local computer i'm sure Cause he's a great journalist. Um, but yeah, that was cool. I wish I thinking back, I could have just set that up for us too. And then whatever, but no, yeah, we fun. didn't miss much. Yeah. We got the same result basically <laughs> plus or minus an hour. Here's the thing. If I have a question, I'm going to get it answered. So I didn't have any questions. I'm good. There's no yeah. reason for us to be in the zoom call. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. I really didn't have any questions for the women's team. I I said we were going to beat App State, no problem. We did. We moved on to JMU, and that's when we should have had some questions. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Type deal. <laughs> I always get a kick out of that question. Like after a team loses, you build your entire season up. You have heartbreak. You have injuries. You have illness. You have all this stuff. All this team bonding. You finish the game. It's a result you don't want. You look out in the crowd, and there's some loser journalist who's like, so where do we go from here? It's like to the hotel. <laughs> it's been a long it's been a long six months, okay? I got to get back on the recruiting trail in like four, mon- four minutes. We get a, we're going to go in, going to have one of the little drinks from the mini bar and uh, figure out who we're recruiting in the class of 2025, like – that is uh that that's the life of a college basketball coach. There's no time to like for a pity party. Isn't that why uh you and I kind of have fundamental like differences in press conferences, like whether or not they're good or not? Like <laughs> you know, like because you you said right, like that you need to be asking questions during press conferences and stuff. And I'm like, I, just show up, just be there. Like I, who gives I'm, a shit about I'm, a press conference? I'm, I will go to press conferences. I'm fine with that. My thing is is that you go to a press conference. And you're sharing your questions with everybody else. So mm-hmm. I might have a really good question. I might get the quote of the century. I might have Coach Z throw a gem at me. But guess who also gets it? Everybody else gets it. You go to press conferences to ask the nit questions. Coach, what did you see in the third quarter? Coach, so-and-so had four fouls early in the game. What did that do to your uh, scheme? Okay, you ask those nit questions. So that when you ask later, hey, can I get a one-on-one? Can I get an exclusive? They're like, I recognize you from that press conference. I know who you are. But press conferences, for the most part, are so scripted. The coach knows what they're going to say. I've never, not never, but rarely do they ever say anything very interesting. Very rarely does a coach during a 
post-game press conference or a midweek press conference come out there and just drop gems on you. And if they are, it's like somebody like Mike Leach, who was a wild card. We don't really have wild cards like that. Like Trout's not going to go up there and be like, let me tell you the theory I have behind why you don't steal home. Like that would be interesting. We're not going to get that. We're going to get, here is what the practices have looked like. So-and-so is coming good on their rehab. Um, why didn't we hit the ball in the first five innings against San Antonio? That's just weren't awake. Like, cool. Those are, you know, those are just answers that anybody can get. I could give you those answers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't think press conferences, like you're, you're saying, I don't think they're supposed to be for a journalist to be smart. Like that's how you get your story stolen. So, <laughs> you know, like I've always yeah. been of the, of the tribe that like, if you want to have a good story, you should get a separate interview because then you're just wasting everybody's fucking time interviewing this coach for stories they don't need either. It's like, okay, great, Jacob, you're working on this story, but I kind of have a job too. I'm trying to get my question in. You're wasting my time. And for beat reporters, so like, let's, this is just a difference, right? So like for Colton and Kat, who are beat reporters, they're going to ask questions because they have to ask questions because they got a story on deadline. For me, I've never really been a beat reporter like that. Somebody who's going to come on the radio and tell you what I thought of the game. And I will supplement my thoughts with the coach's thoughts, right? Like if I say, hey, um, Kennedy Taylor didn't shoot well in the fourth quarter and that's why they lost the game, right? I don't know. Just This is just an example. And I talked to Coach Z and I'm like, hey, Kennedy Taylor didn't shoot well in the fourth quarter. Why? Well, actually, Zimmel, we thought she shot pretty good. We just thought she didn't get the good looks. I'm going to go on air and I'm going to say, hey, look, Coach Z says this. I don't agree with that. I think it was this. So it's 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 just a difference of again you say philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at me. You and me are pretty much the same page, just for different reasons. Yeah, I mean, I have an investigative reporting background. It's not like I was going to the police at a press conference for whatever insert whatever, and then asking them some intricate question about the department itself. You know. And I think and I think it's a difference between like you know a city hall press conference and a post game press conference. Like I just think that those are not the same thing. Yeah, fundamentally different. You know. Yes. And this guy's getting $800,000. He better know why we're losing. <laughs> Somebody has to. I have pretty good ideas. So uh, we, we we talked about this too, but just the women's team definitely go into the WNIT at this point. I think that's a given. Men's team, yeah, punch the ticket. kiss them goodbye pretty much because uh, they're not doing anything after this. Yeah, which, you know, good for... Honestly, this is probably good for TJ and uh, the team because... The, it's like a double-edged sword. You want to continue your season. You want to keep playing. Those guys want to keep playing. But for the coaching staff, they now get like a little bit of a break to figure out what the board looks like for recruiting. Because yeah. you got to replace Mason Harrell, and you would like to replace him with somebody that's going to come in and immediately, immediately give you minutes. Texas State has done a really good job in the past couple of years, especially on the men's basketball side, of recruiting players and not having to redshirt them. Like You recruit a guy, and you say to him, immediately you are going to get playing time. You will be a four-year insert player here maybe a starter maybe a role player but you're going to get four years of court action well perfect example um, jordan mason yeah exactly so you want to figure out like who are some high school basketball players as their tournaments are kind of ramping up we're getting to the state we're getting to the regional tournaments in a lot of places who do we already have on our radar who can we add when we go to see say i don't know the state championship games in georgia or louisiana or wherever oklahoma like, 
who else can we look at the radar who's a junior and be like, all right, we should put this guy on the board so that when he's a senior, we can kind of keep a better eye on him and continue the conversation. They had a, a small national signing day announcement too. And now I can't find it. So I don't know, maybe somebody dropped or it wasn't, it was only, a three, it was only three guys, but I could not find it. And I messaged Chris about it, messaged Phil about it. SIDs obviously. And uh, didn't have a really clear answer for me. So. Maybe I should revisit that once uh, TJ gets some time to kind of calm down. Obviously, I'm not going to be like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? (laughs) Hey, I got a podcast. You want to come on? Yeah. 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 We got to send out RSVP. Talk to him for about a month. Yeah. For a month. You said a month? Probably about a month. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, welcome to the show next week. (laughs) TJ, how's it going? You're pretty, you're pretty proactive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got to talk to try and talk to Mason Harrell. That's kind of yeah. Now he's a is he officially out of the clutches of the SIDs? Is now is it just going to talk to him? I think maybe. Perhaps. I don't know. I have to hit him up off to the side. I had a thank God there's a Mason Harrell out there tweet just like everybody else, Uh, and that's kind of how we started on this too. I saw a couple tweets from my old my old boss Colton Parker at KSAT and a few other people. Uh, basically just giving it up for Mason. And Mason is a great player. He's amazing. He's definitely going to be in the Hall of Honor. Headline of this podcast is going to be tweets that triggered Zimmel. Your boy posted a photo of his uh, nice plants. I got six more inches of snow today. So I was uh, not oh, Colton, happy. To, Colton I did not, a picture of his roses. not yeah, happy to see that. I was actually, <laughs> again, I saw that and I almost was, Almost had a couple choice words. Was it wasn't so- just that. As Colton just got back, he mentions this on the Win Now or Get Bent podcast, but he had been, uh, his wife's Brazilian. So he went to go visit her family with her for about a month. Um, and he was working remotely from KSEC. He's a digital executive producer. So, you know, he's managing all of like the, when I was working there, he, I was doing the day-to-day kind of writing, press release comes in, you know, or pitching stories, stuff like that. He was managing the entire team. So he's a big deal. And he came back from Brazil. He's got a great rose bush looking. <laughs> yeah, he's checking all the boxes. Checking all the boxes. <laughs> On to the next annoyance. The I-35 rivalry symbol. This was game 100 in the all-time God. series. Dating he back since 1992 when UTSA's baseball program was first established. And the Bobcats pitched it away. 11-2. to two furious because i had to write about it in my show this morning <laughs> what's the all-time record now as i think it's like 60 something let me see i can look that up real quick well, are we up or are they up uh, i think we are up all time okay that's what matters most and see this is again i looked this up last night actually too i'm kind of mad i don't remember it texas state fans it's your favorite uh online personality so here's what we do when UTSA fans are uh, pissing on our leg again. 61-39. Okay, that's that's plenty of an advantage here. We can continue to say scoreboard all-time record, all right? Now, God forbid that scoreboard ever gets close because then I don't know what we can do. But right now, we can still say all-time record, we're ahead. And we can say that we had a better season last year. We have about another two weeks, two or three weeks of being like, well, <laughs> we were better last year. Yeah, no, it's super <laughs> early. I know I know people were kind of hitting the panic button last night because you never want to lose to UTSA. No, um, I'm hitting the panic button. Are you serious? I, I'm, yes. The thing I'm most concerned about actually is our pitching situation, which when we talked to Steve Trout earlier in the season, he said, this is the deepest bullpen I ever had. And then we're kind of 
losing games for the pitching. Like, you know, it's these guys are hitting. This these is, guys are hitting over there. This is what I'm saying. When these coaches, sky's yellow. All right. Sounds like a plan. Trout's another one that could convince me that the sky is yellow. Uh, I look, I'm not and saying it's weird to be that. kind of mad at the baseball team because in a lot of ways it feels like the brightest star on Jackson Hall. You know, like it, it's like there's a lot to be like super like proud of and like looking mm, forward to the mm, future. Mm, 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 mm. Jacob, no, Jacob, Jacob, you're not buying you, it. You're sipping the Kool Aid, the, the Hope Kool Aid. No, I'm mad about everything all the time. Uh, <laughs> brightest star on Jackson Hall. What a line. No, it's like. I'm not willing to say the pitching staff is ass yet. And I don't think anybody else should be saying that, Mm -mm. but they've had injuries, which is kind of concerning this early in the season and losing to UTSA. I think that there is a point in any baseball game. And I think any ball player will tell you that there is a point that the guys on the bench are like, Oh, we're not coming back from this one. 11 to two. Yeah. This is, this game's over. Um, Oh yeah. Sure. I think you kind of, in games like that, it's a weekday game. You let the horses out of the barn a little bit. You say, all right, what's the worst that can happen? At the end of the day, they do not go to run differential when it comes to these tiebreakers. So it's not like, oh, you lost to UTSA 11 to 2. So now you're a seven seed instead of a three seed, right? Like that's not how this works. Is it frustrating? Yes. Am I mad that we lost? Yes. Is there going to be any repercussions for this loss? Probably for the team, not really for the fans. Um, I'm hoping uh, we do. We play, I think, UTSA later in the season too, right? Yeah, we play them in April in San Antonio this time, and I'll be at that game. All right. When we're there, Jacob will bring the good juju from the podcast, and he will uh, he will cheer loud, and we will win in UTS or we'll win in San Antonio. That would be a good. I know nobody's going to go to that game. They don't have the same atmosphere that Texas State has. You know, like it's a Saturday game. What what is this deal with UTSA and athletics? Everybody's shitting on their athletics department. I think that they're fine. I like, think they're, they're fine, fine, but I just know that they don't have a crowd. I mean, it's like it it was kind of like us, but like it's because they're commuter school. Like nobody lives there, you know. Like nobody lives don't... in San Antonio. Okay, you're that's fair. <laughs> I work here. I know that the people do live here. Yeah, it took me yeah, forty minutes to get onto this podcast. By the yeah, way, yeah, it took forty five minutes for you to get home. Fifteen minute drive to get to work. Look. Is it if you compare it to Kyle or you compare it or that I'm not talking to Kyle Phil, I'm talking about like whatever you, the Aggies call their baseball stadium. Oh, I don't Blue know. Bell? I think the Blue Bell, is that what it's called? It's the Blue Bell, whatever, ballpark. Oh, it's disgusting. And then DKR in it's, Austin. It's if dish. you compare the dish <laughs> in Austin, yeah. If you compare those environments to UTSA, UTSA gets blown out of the fucking water. If you compare them to us on a weekday game, they do not compare like apples to orange. It's not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. It's not that far of a difference. Like UTSA is not like this school where there's three people in the stands and two of them just accidentally ended up at the stadium. Okay. Like it's an like, okay atmosphere. <laughs> like let's I'm be surprised that doesn't happen more at Texas state games, considering the students getting free and the bar is so close to where the bar That's the other thing. And that, I will make this very quick. It's not that close to the bars. Like there, people are like, oh, it's so close to the. Ball. It's really not. Like you can't walk from the square to the ball field. Like, and if you are walking there, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like that's a long walk. It's not that close. It's close by car. It's not that close. Well, I remember uh, going to tailgates and stuff. You know, like people would always be like, oh, let's go to Jimmy's after. You know, and I'm very much like no i'm going to the football game after this mm-hmm. mostly because i have to write about it but also because i want to watch the football game um 
uh, but guys would walk from there <laughs> to the square. So it's definitely doable. I don't know if the inverse is ever true. People walk from the square to the football stadium or the ballpark, as we we're talking about. Yeah, again, long walk. Long, long walk. walk. Yeah. In the sun? Yeah. I don't know, buddy. Yeah. Or at night, like up that road. I don't know. I don't trust that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, something to look forward to. Everybody's looking forward to football. It, but it's kind of like the same song and dance that we're doing, right? Like we wait to the conference championship game. Uh, onward to the NIT. Looking forward to baseball. Baseball is kind of going through those early season struggles. What's the shiny thing? Spring ball. First practice, March twenty third. Texas State fans, man, it's the it's the keys in front of the baby. It's college sports fans, though. That's just how it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, are you how how invested are you in spring ball? Are you that like interested? I won't care until they start playing. It's like, I'm not going to make a practice. Maybe I'll make the very last one before the spring game, you know, where they get all dressed up and, you know, they probably want a bunch of media people out there ahead of the game to kind of give them some, you know, some love. They're they're trying to get a head count to see who they got to buy lunch for the next day. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, I don't know. I'm like, I'm interested in it. It's going to be, but I'm going to be honest with you here. All college football practices kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, unless you have, like, a Nick Saban-type coach that's, like, walking around and you're like, oh, shit, that's Nick Saban. Like, what is he doing? Oh, he ties his shoes with his left hand and then with the right. You know what I mean? Like, unless it's somebody like that where you're, like, you're really nitpicking everything, a lot of these practices look the same. I imagine that the first handful of practices are going to look the exact same, and I'd love to talk to Kef or Colton or any of the other guys that go down there to cover it, what the difference is in the atmosphere. Because to me, it's going to be – cool in the morning then by the time that you get done it's going to be super freaking hot because for whatever reason right when football practices begin god says it's time to get to 100 degrees at like 10 a.m you know what i mean like why i don't know spring ball like it's gonna look the same so i'm not that interested when we play the spring game that's when i like all right let's focus on that let's get excited for it and they do those free jerseys so yeah <laughs> not free it's 10 bucks i think 10 bucks for a jersey yeah Dang. Yeah, I got a, I got Brady's last year. So that was really? Good. Yeah. Oh, Kate got it for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it. Well, let me, let, hold on. Kate got, I had to send our friend Kate Connors money and then she bought it and then sent it to me. Her and answer. I paid for shipping. So like, it oh, was she, like, she got you for shipping too? It was more of a like, she was in the, like, she's at the location. She bought it for me as an extension to me. It's not like she was like, oh, Here's a gift for Zimmel, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I'm just saying like let's like you know let's thing. get the facts let's get the facts straight here. Got you. Okay. Uh, no free rides from Kate apparently. <laughs> Ooh, no free rides for Kate. I wouldn't want it any other way though. Yeah, Kate's a good friend of the podcast. But yeah, I, I think it's definitely worth a conversation having with Colton and Kev too before the spring game. Like, hey, what's the difference? What's not? Because as you were saying, I don't think a lot of things change to be honest. Like, who cares? But um, we did have. God's gift to football, college football, Jake Spavadol, and nothing changed. You know, like it wasn't like there was a super big change across the board for practice. Yeah. It was like they're playing football. What do you mean? Like, come, don't come, don't bring your camera. You know, like that's basically what it is for us, which is super like lame for me. Like, what am I going to do? Watch these guys work out? I got better things to do than that. Some of us don't. Real, fo- real football guys will watch 18 to 22-year-olds lift weights and be like, oh, that's my boys. Gotta love my team. Love my team. 
Well, no, well I, I think that's also why I never really covered a spring game because I was like, I have literally, I'm running a newspaper. Like I have better things to do. I didn't. Went to a couple of them. It was fine. Got a good picture. They had, uh, I think the thing that is kind of cool is they did have like pretty open media availability. So like a few times before the spring game, uh, GJ is going to be able to be like, hey, this is what I'm seeing out there. This is what, you know, we're trying to run. It's not going to be like an Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers headline like that dropped this week, you know? I uh, I was at a spring game. Might have been my junior year. And they had an open bar. Really? I kind of remember that. I don't remember a lot from that spring game. but Suddenly I, I want to go to the spring game. Oh, I kind of remember that. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe it wasn't an open bar and I just didn't pay for my drinks. But it, I did drink a little bit. More than I probably should have. I went to the spring game. With, with I went man. to the spring game with you for Spavados spring game. Yeah, I, I took a photo after, with. Yeah, do you remember the old man I took a photo with? Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> Good day. Number Stranger. 69. Stranger yeah. <laughs> just saw you in his grandson's jersey. Uh huh. Hope that guy's okay. Hope he's. You know, hope he went through the pandemic all right. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He's wearing 69. The most uh, hygienic of the positions. Retire that guy's jersey. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. That pretty much does it for us. The last thing I wanted to talk about is I do have a challenger officially for my <laughs> Jacob wants to challenge anybody who covers the Texas State Bobcats to a 100-meter race. Of course, for the podcast, Colton McWilliams accepting. Uh, so I'll have to figure out that the next time I'm in San Marcos. I asked Jacob off air. I said, have you been working out for this? And he's been doing wind sprints. So if Colton thinks that Jacob's just been like drinking beer and rolling out of bed to do this podcast, he's sorely mistaken. Well, he's right, but he's also incorrect. You know, I've got my money on Jacob in this, uh, in this sprint. Um, This is going to be hilarious. I hope, uh, I hope somebody gets a video of it and I hope that we get it on Twitter because this is going to be all time slow shit. This is like, this is peak. (laughs) This is peak college media bullshit. I love it. Well, it's not like I'm going to challenge Dominic Yancey to a 100. I'm not an idiot. I'm follow- I'm I, challenging reporters that cover the team to this. I want to stretch, yeah, stretch it out. I want to give me anybody. I, I'll take right now. I'll take anybody. I'll take the. It would be funny to see me people. race against Dominic Yancey, though, just to see how good he is. I mean, he's crazy how good he is. I want to see you run against uh, GJ. GJ? GJ would probably kick my ass, too. He's doing pull-ups right now in the gym. He's working out with the team. Hey, pull-ups don't translate to run. You don't think so? No. When's the last guy that did a pull-up that was, like, really fast? That's true. I will say I I went to go to cover a, a few basketball games in San Marcos, and I saw Colton McWilliams for the first time in person. I hadn't seen this guy since, you know, we went home for spring break. Exactly, yeah. So, like, spring 2020, I hadn't seen this guy. Uh, so it's like three, almost three years, basically, that I hadn't seen him in person. Looks great. So he must be doing something. I got Jacob. <laughs> Thanks for your confidence, buddy. Somebody's got to give it to you. Well, squaring around episode 15. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat them up.